for nine years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And 30 years of Rosie on the House. And good morning and welcome back to Rosie on the House. We've been talking the topic of air conditioning the entire month of July. And every Saturday we try and take a different angle on that topic. So by the end of the month, you're going to be an educated air conditioner consumer. Last week we were talking about uh, indoor air quality. And we're going to touch a little bit on, on that again as well. But what we wanted to talk about this week in particular was the annual maintenance expectations for you, the Arizona homeowner, when it comes to talking about your air conditioning equipment. And to do that, we brought in some very specific educators and experts on the topic. I want to welcome Mr. Bob Burkholder, the Vice President of Sales from Green Valley Cooling and Heating. Bob, thanks a million for coming in on this Saturday morning. You're welcome, Rosie. Nice All to be right. here. Very good. And we have Steve Pascuso. Did I pronounce that right, Steve? That is correct. Pretty close? Very close. All right. And you are West Area Manager for the entire United States of a company called Daikin North America. That's right. That sounds big. Uh, Big company, but happy to be here, Rosie. Long-time fan listening to you. Well, thanks. Thanks a million. We appreciate you taking time on your Saturday as well. Thank you. Coming in. So air conditioning. You know, people always ask me to explain it as simply as I can, and I go into this conversation about the compressor and the gas and the expansion and the coil. Yeah, I I typically like to talk to people about how it just transfers heat. It's two fans, two coils, compressor that moves refrigerant. We absorb heat from air into the refrigerant in one coil, the indoor coil, and we transfer it to the outdoor coil and we discharge it. I always tell my customers, if you put your hand over your air conditioning unit in the summertime, you feel that hot air blowing out of there, that's the heat that's been removed from the outside, from the inside air. Yeah, most homeowners are thinking, let's let's move cool in my house. But yep. that's not what you're doing. No, nope. we're taking heat out and getting getting it outside where we don't need it. And then in the winter, you're turning that around and you're looking for any heat you can find outside. Correct. On a heat pump, we're absorbing heat from the outside air and bringing it in. I want to so. talk a little bit more about that, but we're going to focus primarily on summer air conditioning, this topic, but... It's always interesting to see a heat pump froze up in January. I think that's always kind of cool. Oh, yeah, they're ice <laughs> machines when you get the right conditions. I had, a, I had a farmer tell me, he says, you know how you fix that? I said, well, there's a lot of ways to fix it. He says, no, you just string Christmas lights on it. <laughs> Put a just little button a, nose on just it. A little, uh, just a little heat from his Christmas lights solves the problem for him. <laughs> so in air conditioning, intuitively, people get it wrong. We're not bringing cool in the house. We're sucking heat out of the house. And that works by various styles of air conditioners. You've got the package unit that sits up on the roof. It's very common down here. Correct. Yeah, that's self-contained. Everything for your air conditioning system in that particular type is all in one box. Typically, they're on the roof here in this part of the country. Uh, I'm originally from northern Virginia, and there you never saw a package unit on a residential home, just big commercial buildings. Back there, and you see them here sometimes, you see the splits, not the, the, the split systems. You have Correct. the air handling cabinet, and then you have the evaporator. Correct, yeah, your indoor component's going to consist of your blower that moves the air. Could be a gas furnace, could be an air handler. Uh, you've got your indoor coil or evaporator coil. 
and then outside you've got your unit that has the compressor and the outdoor coil and outdoor fan to discharge that heat that's been absorbed. And Steve, within the last decade, we've got a third type that have has begun to really gain a lot of popularity in the states. We call them mini splits. That's correct. Uh, mini splits uh, came about back in the actually in the fifties when Daikin first invented them. And uh, but what's popular right now here in Arizona is really taking that uh, single zone approach in a house of having just one thermostat on a wall with one air handler and one condenser and breaking that house up into multiple zones, almost like when you have multiple light switches in a house, right? Someone turned around and said to you, hey, you know, I'm going to replace all the lighting controls in your house. And by the way, where do you want me to put the one light switch in my house? I'd think you're crazy, right? But we do that with HVAC. So the latest thing now is to zone the house so rooms that are not in use, we could reduce those temperatures. When they're in use, we can actually go back to the set point. And I think what a lot of people um, need to realize is in the units Bob and I were talking about, the package units, the split system units, I think by law in Arizona, we've got to sell SEER ratings of 14 now? Correct. 14 yeah. is the minimum in our region. So, folks, that's that's the efficiency rating of the equipment. How how efficient is it being with the electricity you're feeding? It? It's kind of like the miles per gallon measure that you have on your car. How how effective and efficient is your unit at using electricity? But we get to the mini splits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, we're, we're 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 talking fourteen here, and I think you can upgrade to a twenty four or twenty five, can't Correct. you? We yeah, can you get can. to that point. Yes, you can. But you eliminate the duct work, you go to a mini split, and we're touching on 40, aren't we? Uh, I mean, theoretically, you can. But the interesting thing about a mini split is that um, the outdoor unit is not an on-off unit. It's going to cycle up and down based upon us measuring the outdoor temperature versus the indoor temperature set point. So just like in cruise control in your car, setting at 75, and you hit a hill, hill going uphill, your gas pedal is going to go down all by itself, right, to right. keep that speed constant while I make more horsepower. Same thing with the mini split. We're going to make more BTUs as the outdoor temperature increases. So when uh, when uh, AHRA tests for SEER rating, they always test at full capacity. Yes. So same thing with ours. But ours only run at full capacity, say, from 1 till about 5 in the afternoon in the daytime. The other 80% of the day, we're a fraction of that capacity. So the effective SEER number could be multiples of higher, you know, the 80, other 80 percent of the day. Yeah, like in the morning when it's mid-70s sure. and, and you're asking your thermostat to maintain a mid-70. Yeah. As that heat accelerates through the day at 10 o'clock, it's mid I might need to make only 8,000 BTUs at 8, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, whereas the on-off systems are going to come on at a full 48,000 or 60,000 BTUs. Yeah, so it's like a built-in clutch mechanism. Absolutely. A, get, a built-in transmission. I, I yeah. only need to be in second gear here. Yep. I only need to be in third. I need to be in then. You know, maybe at 4.30, you need to be in overdrive. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> and you and you have the capability of that. Yeah, and, and it's all done without without the user interfacing with it at all. So you set the room temperature, it's going to do its own thing. I'll tell you one thing I love about them is you can't hear them. Yeah, they're incredibly quiet. They are incredibly quiet. So you have no noise in the house at all. In the house and also in the backyard. You know, we're, we're an outdoor people that live here in Arizona. We, right. we barbecue, we have yeah. pool parties. The outdoor unit is pretty much not too far away, and uh, it's not untypical to have those outdoor units operating at 75, 80 decibels 
on a normal split system. Right. Ours, for example, at full speed are operating at about 55 decibels. Tremendous reduction in sound factor. So that's the Daikin brand. That's right. And they come from? Uh, Osaka, Japan. Am I mistaken? Are they the largest air conditioning manufacturing company in the world? That is correct. That is correct, Rosie. We are the largest in the world. We about $20 in sales last year worldwide. What took it so long to land in the States? I mean, y'all have air conditioned all of Africa, all of Europe, all of Asia, all of South America for decades. Yes. And and it, it, without ductwork. Yep, exactly. And, and I think that it's really started with how our industry started here in the U.S. Right. So back in the '50s and the '40s, when you know you had the the, the typical train, the carriers, and everybody else, and you look at the cost of fuel back then. Right, a gallon of gas was ten cents. A barrel of oil was maybe five ten bucks. So the cost to make more air wasn't really expensive if you needed to have more air yep. production, right? And we were building power plants. We haven't built a power plant here in the U.S. in the past 30 years. So the cost of our fuel source has gone up. Uh, our outdoor temperatures have gone up too. Heat island effect in greater Phoenix. I moved to Phoenix about you know back in the 80s. When the sun would go down by 7 o'clock at night, you would drop by 10, 15, 20 degrees. Now it stays at 100 till midnight. So those factors have combined to really, um, you know, inverter control and multiple zone control to the forefront. Because what we're also trying to do is eliminate a lot of the duct loss in the attics. Okay, a lot of homes that have ducted systems. Right. You might have a 20-inch round coming off your furnace or air handler in the attic, and it goes 40, 50 feet across the attic space. Right. That attic is 150 degrees six months of the year. It's an untempered space. Right. And you can lose a fraction to a ton just to the space before you get to the air into the house. And we haven't even started talking about duct leakage yet, right? right. <laughs> and duct leakage is huge. It can be 30% of your, your operating costs. You throw a five-ton up there, and you've got the effect operating at a 3.8 ton. Yes, yeah, because you're cooling the attic like Steve was talking about. And, and how and, many homes have you seen that don't have duct leakage? Uh, none. <laughs> <laughs> and, people, and people don't believe me when I tell them that. But really, I don't think I've been remodeling homes in Arizona since the early 70s. I don't think my home, my own home has duct leakage. I mean, every you've got to you've got to manipulate it, control it and regulate it down to a acceptable percentage. But it isn't unusual to blow or duct test some ductwork and have a 30, 40 percent leakage. Yeah, I think the national average is 30 percent. Um, it can be sealed down quite a bit, like you mentioned, but it can't be completely sealed. And like Steve mentioned, it's still in an attic that's 140 or 150 degrees. So while it's insulated, you still have loss even when it's not leaking or gain, I should say, because that hot air in the attic is heating up the air in the ducts. Everybody's noticed that has attic in their duct system when they first turn the system on. That hot air that blasts out of the duct system, that's because it heated up in the attic. Well, and Bob, at Green Valley, y'all are, ha- have become big adopters of the Dyke and Mini Split systems. Correct. Yeah, we um, adopted the Mini Splits many years ago, and we've taken on their full product line uh, for almost a year now. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think when Mini Splits kind of came in, I thought, well, that's kind of a cute little novelty for a shop, mm-hmm. for yeah. a garage. Yep. Maybe that bedroom at the end of the line that just we can never get cool. We'll throw a little auxiliary unit on it. Yep, the Arizona rooms. Arizona rooms, they were perfect. Get rid of those noisy, expensive, one-ton window units. Yeah. <laughs> much, much, much nicer because of the quietness and the temperature control as well. And we're seeing the mini splits now become so much more than that. So I want to talk a little bit more about that. And then I want to talk about, as a homeowner, 
what maintenance should I expect to have conducted on each of the different kinds of systems? When we get back, it's Rosie on the House with Green Valley Cooling and Heating. With the desert sun blazing year-round, your home needs to have fortress-level protection against intense sun rays and oppressive heat. Hey, y'all, Rosie here. Fortunately, Pella Impervia fiberglass windows and doors are built to withstand the southwest climate and stay looking great for years, and it gets better. These energy-efficient Pella products can help keep your home more comfortable. So when you leave the sauna outside, you're greeted with a rejuvenating burst of cool air inside. The team from your local Pella window and doors of Scottsdale or Tucson can finish your installation project in as little as a day. You're just a short call away from a cooler, better looking, more energy efficient home. Visit the showroom in Scottsdale or call 877-987-3552 to lock in your Pella savings now. That's 877-987-3552. Call Pella now. Oh, how big your apartment might be. All you need's an air conditioner, and you're the man for me. Hey, welcome back, y'all, to Rosie on the House, where this particular Saturday we're talking about air conditioning, and we're talking specifically about air conditioning with Green Valley Cooling and Heating, our Rosie-certified heating and cooling specialist located in, in Green, Green Valley. Valley. <laughs> And y'all service area, Bob. How big an area do y'all service? Um, we take care of the Green Valley area. We go into Cerrito. We go down to Tubac. And we've recently moved out um, to the Vale area as well. Um, so that's our entire service area. Okay. Celebrating 50 years. 50 years. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we're pretty pretty pleased with that. Um, I've been with the company 12 years. Um Best position I've ever had in the industry. I've been in the industry for 27 years, and this company has run like no other company I've ever seen in the industry. Yeah, the couple times I've been down there, I mean, you could walk to where the guys have their locker rooms, and, and you could literally eat off the floor. You can. I mean, we have a lot of pride there taking care of the place. Um, we want it to be presentable and very professional. Um, as the vice president of sales, I get to meet with a lot of customers, and I am so happy every time I go out to meet with them after we've done a new system installation with how happy and pleased they are with all of our people. And they always tell me, you know, every one of your people that's ever been out to their company, um, out to their house, has been very pleased with um, our guys. Y'all have got the big training classroom. Yep, we do. We believe in training quite a bit. Um, we get Daikin reps out um, to do training for us specifically on products. Um, we do a lot of in-house training as well. The majority of my techs are Nate certified as well. And what is Nate? Uh, it's North American Technician Excellence. So they do all the testing and set up all the guidelines for technicians being certified. Well, we were talking with Steve uh, earlier about the, the mini split systems, and you've been in the business long enough. I mean, in the old days, I mean, you know, we were, we were paying three and a half, four cents a kilowatt. So yep. we'd throw up four walls, we'd throw a roof on it, call it a house, put single-pane glass in there with aluminum frame windows, and we would just, okay, 300, 350 square feet, a ton. you know, And we'd over-ton it, we'd over-engineer it, yep. and as long as it spit out cold air at the end of the register, we were happy. Yeah, <laughs> that was cooling. We weren't really designing comfort. We were just making it cold. Yeah, yeah people didn't even know what a hot spot was back then. They had lots of hot spots, was, but they didn't care. They'd move to the cold spot to be comfortable. Well, you know, you'd have all these folks from the Midwest move out, and all they would say is when they close ESCO, 
All I know is if I'm going to be here in the summer, when I turn that thermostat down, I want this house to be a meat locker. You know, and so yeah. we just throw huge units that would turn off and on 50 times a day, not not filter the air, you yeah. know, not eliminate the hot spots, not do anything. Yeah, and this time of year when we have our monsoons come in and we have the humidity, they wouldn't control the humidity very well either. It starts to get muggy in the house. Couldn't run long enough. No, they just Short on, and cycle. Off, on and off and no humidity control. And what do we do to make it comfortable? We go to our thermostat and lower it down a couple more degrees to get it colder. <laughs> but now we're using more energy. Well, we're in the we're you know we're in the age now of twenty and twenty four and twenty five cent per kilowatt uh, power, and the building industry has really become. And I tell young kids this all the time that are coming into. I mean, it's really a, a building science now, and what we're doing in the building envelope, and what we're doing in the indoor air quality, what we're doing in the world of air conditioning. It's just and it all goes together. You, one piece of that puzzles out of there, and. And now you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, if the house isn't built right and sealed up right and nice and tight, your air conditioning calculations are meaningless if you planned on it being tight or, or loose. So, yeah, all of that goes together. When y'all are out looking at a piece of equipment as to whether or not to repair it or replace it, uh, I tell people all the time, look, with the increased efficiency of your home, the increased efficiency of the equipment, Chances are, if your equipment is 15 or 20 years old, we, we could probably shave a half or maybe a whole ton off the equipment. Absolutely. We, we could definitely downsize your equipment. You're going to pay less for the equipment. You're going to pay less to run it, and it's going to give you much better results. Yeah, the comfort level goes through the roof. Um, and we do a lot of multi-stage and variable equipment as well, which, again, as Steve mentioned earlier, with the – um, VRV systems that the mini splits have when they vary capacity, you really come to realize that you don't need that full capacity except for that hottest time of the day. The rest of the time, you just need a little bit of that capacity so they work far better, um, especially when they're sized properly to begin with. And with the old equipment, it was on, mm-hmm. full, full bore, or off. And yeah. you had no options, baby. Yeah. Then we came up with two-speed compressor, now variable-speed compressors, and then all the other technology that drives the SEER ratings up, drives the efficiency up, which will make you, the Arizona homeowner, more comfortable in your home Absolutely. for a lot of reasons. I get, you get people that will complain to us, but it, they don't like air conditioning because when it's on, it's too cold. Well, if your air conditioner is too big and it's blasting out that freezing cold air and then it's off again, you're hot, cold, hot, cold. But when it's on, it's uncomfortably cold. Size it properly, design it properly, install it properly, and then use variable technology. You're just going to stay comfortable in your house. And that's the key. We want you comfortable. We want you to be able to control your indoor air quality. And a lot of that has to do with controlling your indoor humidity levels as well. We've talked about the different types of systems. We're going to take a little break here. We're talking with Bob Burkholder, the Vice President of Sales with Green Valley Cooling and Heating, as well as Steve Pascuso from Daikin North America. Daikin, the largest air conditioning manufacturing company in the world. You may be familiar with the equipment if you do any amount of traveling at all because it's the only way the rest of the world air conditions their, their indoor spaces, and it's becoming more and more popular here in the States, and Daikin has just recently made a huge commitment and move to manufacturing right here in the U.S. of A. We'll be back talking more about air conditioning. And in particular, we're going to go into maintenance of the different types of equipment. Again, with Bob Burkholder of Green Valley Cooling and Heating. It's Rosie on the house. We'll be right back.
Arizona homeowners, welcome back to Rosie on the House this beautiful Arizona Saturday morning. We're in here this morning talking about air conditioning, trying to take your level of understanding about air conditioning past the point of just thinking cold air shoots out in the summer and warm air shoots out in the winter. We want you to understand the components that are involved in creating that environment a little bit so you have a better understanding of what your equipment is doing. And to do that, we've brought in our Rosie certified experts, Bob Burkholder, Vice President of Sales of Green Valley Cooling and Heating, located in Green Valley, Arizona, celebrating their 50th anniversary. How many air conditioning companies can say that? Not a whole lot. <laughs> Not a whole lot. And we've got Steve Pescuso from Daikin North America, largest manufacturer of air conditioning equipment in the world. So, Bob, we've talked about the different types of air conditioning units. You've got the package units. Everything sits in one cabinet, one box, up on the roof. Very common for Arizona. Then you've got the split system where the air handler is in a closet somewhere is on the floor level of the house and the evaporator is outside, split system. What maintenance should be expected besides the regular changing of filters? Uh, what maintenance are y'all trying to see on those equipments, and how often a year? Well, we think that the cooling side of it should be seen annually as well as the heating side annually. Like we talked about earlier, in the cooling side, we're transferring heat. So we've got coils that are absorbing heat and another coil that's discharging heat, and we've got fans that are moving that air. So we need to make sure those coils stay clean so they can work efficiently. Um, also, they are electrical components, so we need to go through and make sure all electrical connections are tight, not overheating, causing problems where we're going to have um, failures. So that's the main thing on the cooling side is keeping everything clean so that it will be efficient. And, of course, looking for problems that may arise during the normal season, parts that are wearing out um, that should be replaced prior to, of course, 4th of July, hottest day of the year so far. You know, that's when they, they break down and people always go, well, why does it always break down when it's real hot out? <laughs> Well, when it's 85 degrees out and you've got the windows open and it's low humidity, it, it might be broken. You just don't know it. Yet. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, could we – I'm, I'm going to take you on a bunny trail, okay. one, one of Rosie's little bunny trails. One of my big pet peeves with the air conditioning industry is the air conditioning contractors that are selling extended warranties. And in many cases, they're not even needed. Uh, the manufacturers are extending warranties for guys like you that are certified installers to a period that goes, I think, as long as 10 years. With our Daikin products, it goes to 12 years. How can you beat that? You can't beat it. Yeah. It's at no cost to the original homeowner. All we do is sign them up when it's been installed, and they've Get got the 12 years. registered, boom, That's 12 it. years. Yeah, and Daikin does something that I think is really neat, too, is on, on their upper-tier products – they do on their splits, it's a 12-year unit replacement for the compressor. So if you have a compressor fail any time in the first 12 years, they don't just provide us a compressor to put back in your unit. They swap a whole new unit for you. So you're really covered with their products. Well, we're on the topic of maintenance, and y'all go out to a home, and you're getting it ready for the preseason cooling system. And the homeowner knows the only word they don't want to hear out of your text mouth is compressor. Every homeowner knows as soon as we're talking compressor, we're talking real cabbage. Yeah, we always talk about that being the heart of the system, so you don't want to hear you need a you know, a heart transplant <laughs> either. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the kiss of death on an air conditioner is when it's time to replace that compressor. If it's not in warranty, 
Um, rarely does it make a lot of sense to put that kind of money into into a unit, especially if it's older. On a split system, what are y'all doing on a typical maintenance? Are you having to do anything to the outside system? Yeah, again, we want to clean it. So depending upon the environment, what's around it, needs to be able to breathe. It needs air going across it. If you've got any kind of trees around and it's dropping any kind of leaves and debris in there, it needs to be cleaned out. Um, today, all the motors are sealed, so there's not a whole lot of lubricating that goes on. Electrical connections, again, like we talked about, making sure we don't have anything that's overheating. And then running the system and checking the refrigerant charge on it. Uh, if the system doesn't have the proper refrigerant charge, it's not going to work efficiently either. And I know this doesn't apply to any system y'all have ever installed, but the noisy outdoor unit that's outside a bedroom window, I've seen people literally build insulated, sound-deadening uh cottages over the top of their units <laughs> yep we've all seen that just trying to get that noise out but the kiss of death yeah you can't move air through it it's just gonna run um, overheated all the time and uses a lot more power and it runs a lot longer than it needs to because it can't get rid of that heat talk to people about their dogs their dogs <laughs> Yeah, um, male dogs like to lift their legs, and that's not good for your air conditioning unit. You need to keep that away. You need to make sure they're not using your outdoor unit as their fire hydrant. Yeah, and you don't want them chewing on stuff, too. I've seen where they've chewed up the control wires, thermostat wires, and, you know, God forbid they bite high-voltage wires. But, um, yeah, they, they tear that stuff up, and people call it cooling's not working, and the dog bit right through the thermostat wires. Mm. How about maintenance of the rooftop units? I mean, that's not anything a homeowner should ever try and tackle themselves for sure. Um, absolutely not. But the maintenance is really the same. It's the same components in a different configuration. So same things that we do on the split systems, we do on the rooftop units. Um, we're just doing it from a different location. And now we're going to have to start dealing with the maintenance of the mini splits. Yeah, so, well, first of all, we, we want to try to maybe move away from the term mini split. It's kind of a... Whenever I used to hear the word mini split when we worked for a distributor up in Phoenix back about 10 years ago, I used to think of like, I see a picture of a Band-Aid in my head. Uh -huh. Not a real yeah, man's right. heating and cooling system. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, okay. So, uh, but but today, uh, maintenance on on a multi-zone mini split, quote, we call them, I like to call them multi-zone systems now instead of mini splits. I can see how that is very descriptive of what they do. Yeah, and, and um, so the maintenance is very similar. Uh, what Daikin does on a multi-zone system We'll take that large single air handler or furnace with a coil in the attic that might be a four or five ton unit and break it up into, you know, two, three or four one ton or one and a half ton units in the attic. Uh, each one having its own return air. So you have multiple points of return air. So maintenance on that from a house perspective is that you'll be replacing more maybe filters on a room by room basis, but you're going to have more distribution of clean air in the house. Uh, do you like sending the guys out and servicing these units? Is it four times the maintenance if you've got four times as many pieces? Um, actually, no, it's not. I mean, you've got four times the filters, but they're usually smaller. So overall, it's pretty similar. But um, no, they're, they're, they're really wonderful units as far as maintenance goes. We don't do much on the refrigeration side. Those are closed, factory charged, and use electronic expansion valves. And they'll tell you if there's a problem with the refrigeration system. So you don't have to access that all the time. Yeah, and pick up on the maintenance thing, too. On the outdoor unit, talking about the dog situation. Right. Uh, <clears throat> urination is a big thing. Uh, so one thing that Daikin does on all of our outdoor condensing units we actually put a, a polyethylene coating on the entire exterior of fin tube. It's like a, like a metallic blue coating. 
we test it for 600 hours of salt spray testing. We got that technology from our marine HVAC group uh, at Daikin. So we're the, one of the few companies that has that as a standard coating on the outdoor condenser from a maintenance standpoint. All right. So we're protecting it from yep. the dog traffic that we were talking about earlier with the other units, mm-hmm. which can be a, a real serious problem. Yeah, I mean, I go in the backyards very often and just see the corrosion and deterioration, and you know right away that's your dog's favorite spot to lift his leg. Yep, seen him rotted away completely. Completely, absolutely completely. So in the maintenance of these multi-zone, see, mm-hmm. see it? I, I catch go. on. I catch on. Pick a fast, Rizzy. The, the multi-zone <laughs> systems. Um what are you doing seasonally on them? Uh, Pretty get, much the same thing. Yeah, I mean, no just... difference at all. Um, actually, each each small air handler in the attic will have its own condensate pump and drain pump, so it's going to go to a common drain. Um, uh, it really, is, there's no difference in maintenance at all. Um, the fan's going to operate at a fraction of the amperage draw, so uh, durability is not an issue. Uh, there really is no difference in maintenance. And what do y'all do? Um, for what what do you do for air quality? So air quality, uh, because the what I was showing you before the this uh, slim duct unit, a small ducted unit uh-huh. that actually has uh, a suction force of 0.6 inches of external static pressure. So what that means is, com- you know, compare that to your typical attic mounted air handler, or closet right. air handler. Those have about a 0.4 to 0.5 inch. So even though these units are small, they have a lot of suction force. So. Uh, you can put in a any high quality 3M type of filtrate filter. Okay. It's not going to take up all that suction static, and not prevent you from actually pushing the air out through the rest of the house. You still have a, a plenty of static left over to make that airflow distribution throughout the house on a multi-zone system. Plus, the air discharge comes out a lot colder because we're manufacturing that air closer to the point of use. So, if we have one four or five ton unit in the attic trying to push air 40, 50 feet. Sure, down to that last guest bedroom. Where we have four of them, <laughs> and just using the branch runs, discharge air comes out colder. It's going to be cleaner at a higher pressure. Okay. Now, when Bob, when you're out assessing replacement or repair of a, a unit, is there an age bracket you look at to kind of talk people through? Well, I'm a big believer in giving all my customers a choice. Um, so we like to talk about um, replacement at any point in time that they're interested. So, of course, if it's a brand-new system, we're not going to talk about that. But ran into a client today that we replaced a system that was only three years old. And the reason being is he hated it. What the builder put <laughs> in was that's awful. A, that's a good reason to replace it. <laughs> it was awful. It was loud. Um, it was just a horrible system. And it was a single-stage unit. That was oversized for the house that had zoning dampers in it so it could shut down parts of the airflow during different times of the day. And when it would do that, the blower was still running on full blast. So at three years old, he decided, I'm done with this. What can we do to solve this? And we went to a variable capacity system with a zone system that modulated. So it could open and close dampers a little bit, and it could shut the compressor down quite a bit so that it matched everything up real well. Um, and he was thrilled with it. So, But typically for replacement, that's not the norm. Norm is probably seven to ten years is where you think about it if you're having problems. 
Um, if your system uses the old refrigerant technology that's being phased out, that's a big factor because that refrigerant has gotten more and more expensive and it's going to become harder and harder to get your hands on. So do you want to keep putting money into the system or do you want to start looking at replacement options and start saving energy? I, I for many years, told homeowners, look, until it dies, just keep it going. Keep it going. But it seemed to make a big difference 10 to 15 years ago when we got the SEER ratings kind of bumped up above 9, 10, or 11, uh, uh, homeowners were calling us and saying, man, the new equipment, uh, my, my bill's down 10, 15%. So now I tell people, look, if your equipment is more than about 15 years old, you can keep repairing or you can just face the inevitable. You're going to be replacing it soon. The sooner you replace it, the sooner you're going to have a better indoor air quality, the sooner you're going to be more comfortable inside, and the sooner you're going to be saving money every single month. Absolutely. I agree completely. I mean, it's just so much nicer how they work, so much more energy efficient, and I've never had a client tell me after they've put a system in, I wish I would have waited to do that. <laughs> but I've had a lot of clients say to me just the exact opposite. I, I should have done that a lot sooner. Yeah, absolutely. We're here with Bob Burkholder. Vice President of Sales for Green Valley Cooling and Heating, as well as with Steve Pescuso from Daikin North American. And we're here talking about air conditioning at Rosie on the House. We appreciate y'all tuning in. We're trying to give you that higher level of understanding of probably one of the most critical components of your home. And we'll come back and wrap everything up right after this. Well, on this beautiful Arizona Saturday summer morning, we're wrapping up the topic of air conditioning with our Rosie certified experts from Green Valley Cooling and Heating, Bob Burkholder, Vice President of Sales, been with the firm 12 years. Yes, 12 years, Rosie. Firm celebrating 50 years. 50 years, that's pretty amazing. And uh, also joining us here in the studio is Mr. Steve Pescuso from Daikin North America. Steve, I appreciate you taking time out of your Saturday morning to come in the studio and visit with us. My pleasure. Give it, give an education to our Arizona homeowners. What we try and do with education with a little entertainment. What's new in air conditioning? It's it's not building industries anymore. In my mind, it's building sciences. And there's so much that have come into the indoor air quality, air conditioning industry. Just within the last few years, what are you seeing as the real leading trends? Well, it seems to me, Rosie, that the le the leading trends now are going into the variable refrigerant technology. So with Daikin's VRV Life Systems, the compressors are variable, um, like we've talked about. Um, their newest product can now be matched up to replace two AC units where you had two furnaces and two coils in the home. And we can now put one outdoor unit and tie everything in together. Um, their technology monitors the flow of refrigerant and also the temperature of the refrigerant in the indoor coils and matching it with the fan speed that's needed to keep the home comfortable and use the least amount of power. Um, that's really what's happening in our industry is that variable refrigerant technology. Absolutely. What, what else are y'all working on at Daikin recently? Yeah, and, and picking up with that, uh, looking at uh, the multi-zone approach where we have uh, maybe several units in the house and we have... Um, a new adaptive sensing technology whereby uh, people in homes that had maybe a, a sensitivity to airflow draft uh, with typical old wall units, uh, no longer the case. So our new eMura, and that's spelled E-M-U-R-A. As a matter of fact, you can actually see a really good video on it at YouTube. So type in Daikin 
E-M-U-R-A, at YouTube. And uh, great technology. It's called a mapping technology, and whereby it actually monitors where the occupants are in the room and makes sure the airflow moves away from being blown on top of them. So, and that does it continuously 24-7. You can rearrange the furniture in a house 10 times an hour. It doesn't matter. So, no more cold drafts, no more hot drafts, no more drying eyes. Uh, and that's functional in our, our new Emura wall unit and our new Vista cassette system that goes into a ceiling space. Now, Bob, let me ask you this. When you're out assessing replacement of a unit, can we go from a central system, whether it's a roof-mounted package unit or a split system? Can we go from that to a multi-zone mini-split system? We can do anything you want to do, Rosie. Yes, we can. Okay. So we're not just having to focus this equipment on new bills. No. We are um, We are currently working on a project down in Amato where that's exactly what we're doing. Steve had touched on earlier where we couldn't put a roof-mounted unit on this structure because the roof wouldn't hold it. And where the existing furnace was, there wasn't enough physical space for us to put a coil in a furnace that would work. Um, plus, there wasn't enough return ducting. So that's what we're doing there is the, the multi-zone systems where we're putting air handlers in different parts of the house um, to take care of it. So, yes, it can absolutely be done. All right. Well, it is. I, I agree with you, Bob. It is the leading industry trend for sure. The variable speed, the multi-zone component, uh, and then you can... And, and 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 then you can really confuse things and throw in the Wi-Fi. You know, I I have a few air conditioning friends that don't even like selling programmable thermostats to families with kids in it because they get more phone calls about this thing won't hold its setting. Well, maybe not. But Wi-Fi technology. I mean, wh- yeah. where's that going in yeah, the industry? It's uh, it's it's everywhere. Um, I mean, we we are doing more and more things with our phones these days, right? Uh, everything from you know video doorbells uh, to other products in our home. And HVAC is falling right along the same suit. So we have uh, Daikin has a Wi-Fi wall-mounted thermostat uh, called the Envy, E-N-V-I, Envy. And uh, it actually works with our wall units and our slim duct units of all types. And we also have a Wi-Fi card that snaps into the new Emura kind of curved radius wall unit, uh, allowing you to control as many as 50 wall units with one app and one phone if you need to. 50? 50, yeah. As a matter of fact, we... Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. that's good to know. <laughs> we we actually are, we're actually doing, a, and this is very apropos for the Tucson metro area, there are a lot of homeowners here that have uh, have condos, right? And they have the old pancake units in those condos yes. with an old, you know, Coleman-type condensed that would be right. 10, 15, 20 years old. Uh, we have a direct replacement for that old system with a Daikin slim duct unit. fits right in that space with a match condenser, Right. Uh, very efficient, uh, very high performance, very low energy consumption. Well, Steve, I can't thank you enough for coming in. I appreciate your thank time. Thank you. All right, Bob, we haven't given you a chance to give your company phone number and website out. Wonderful. Yep. Uh, 520-625-1234 is our number. It's real hard to remember. Um, we've had that for 50 years. So, And um, you can reach us at www.greenvalleycooling.com, Rosie. All right. And again, celebrating 50 years when you're and you're serving Vail, Sorita, and I-19. I-19 corridor down to Tubac as well, yes. Okay, very good. Well, we appreciate y'all being a Rosie certified partner. Y'all have been a great partner. We get a ton of positive feedback from your from your customer base and how happy they are that you're there 
and they can find you at rosielnouse.com. Thanks for the work y'all are doing. Thank you, Rosie. We're happy to be a certified partner. Folks, we appreciate y'all tuning in today. Hope this information on air conditioning, the different types of air conditioning, how those units ought to be maintained semi-annually, generally speaking, depending on what, regardless of the type of equipment it is. Get your equipment serviced. It's your indoor air quality. It's your indoor comfort, and it's worth the investment to keep it up. It's Rosie on the house. Don't get scared. We'll be back next week.